Whoa! Well, oh, I feel rested now. So that was a long... I partied hard that New Year's Eve and I've just had a long, long sleep. But it's all right. It's January 1st <laughs> and I'm ready to do our new Nerd and or Geek 2023 uh, podcast. Um, just got right. to, just get to, got to get online yeah. and, and talk to my friend Cal Doughty. And hello, Cal. I'm here. Hello, Scott. Oh, I, uh, nothing, nothing awful's happened while I've been asleep, has it? I mean, you're quite late. Oh, what? Yeah, um, I've been waiting on this phone call for the past uh, two months and nine days. Gee, oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, you're you're, too, you're, you're quite How is that quite possible? late. Oh, I, I'm, I hope I've not put you at any inconvenience. No, it's fine. I didn't have anything else to do. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I've just been, no, just been waiting. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew you'd show up eventually, but but here we are. Uh, uh, I, 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 I assume you did. Did you shower or did you take the laptop into the shower with you? I've just you. been sat here. Okay. I, oh, right. yeah. I'm scared to stand up from the chair because <laughs> uh, I'm worried that it will you're, stick and just stay with me. You're worried that you fused. To the yeah, chair. It, it is a concern. Um, I've not checked on my partner or my cats in, in two months, so I also don't want to go out and look at what. Not been to work. Not been to work. I, you assume you're fired. Like, well, well. They, <laughs> you, they said if you don't you, come in this month, don't bother next month. You, and I thought, not, great, two months off. You've not checked your voicemail, so. No, exactly. My phone doesn't actually have a voicemail function. Oh, really? If you call my phone, and don't don't do that right now, but if you were to call my phone, it would just keep ringing. Okay. It doesn't go Forever. to voicemail or anything because it's like an old. Nokia phone. Because you remember, you remember Nerd yeah, yeah. Geek, I, me- uh, I remember you you gave up the phones. I do not have a smartphone. You um, broke yeah. free of a cage. It, I have never set up the the voicemail function within it. I don't Ooh. know if it has one. Um, so you can't. It has no voicemail. So I may have been fired, but uh, they've certainly not called me. I, I bet that gives the slip to those scam calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my voicemail message on my phone. Uh, it says, "Hi, you know, this is Scott. I don't pick up the phone to unknown numbers, but leave a message, and if it's important, I'll get back to you." And even though my mum knows that, like, if I don't pick, it's because I was busy or something, she will still get offended and be like, "I'm not an unknown number. Why didn't you pick up?" <laughs> yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so people should just know that your voice message is clearly yeah, not yeah. for them if they're not an unknown yeah. number. Oh, your your mum's great. I I knew a guy in college who had his voice uh, mail to be like, "Hello, ha ha, got you," and it was the most <laughs> annoying thing every single time. Very good. like at no point did I ever find it funny, but I always fell for it and always found it annoying. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny because you fell for it. Well, yeah, I suppose it is funny because I fell for it, but it was so so frustrating because he'd be like, "Hello," I'm like, "Yeah, hi, uh, how are you doing?" And then he'd be like, "Ha, I got you," and for fuck's sake. So annoying. Welcome, though, to the Nerd Geek podcast. First 2023. 2023. Um, we, we had to have a little break. Yeah. For reasons. For it. Re- yeah, sure, for but, reasons. But we're back now. <laughs> um, episode... I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not coy about the name. I, my nan died, sadly. Yeah. But that's basically why. Um, so this Very one's close to her. Very close to her. This one's for you, Nan. I don't know if this will be a particularly good episode, but this this is your one. This is your your episode. Nan and or Nan. Nan 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 and or Geek. geek. Oh my! And and we'll never get to record that episode now. I'll never have my Nan on. No, it's true. You will never be. I mean. Yeah, which is a shame. We, I've still quite... got what I've still got one grandma, but she's not so into video games. <laughs> 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 
was the was the other one into video games? No, no, not really. <laughs> wait, wait, the one, the one that um, not not to bring up any memories or anything right now, if it's going to make okay. you sad. But the one who passed away yeah. was she the one who quite like when you were playing Donkey Kong Country? What, oh no, she that, was like no, that's my Iranian grandma. Okay, grandma, right, who okay. I lived with for a while. So no, that's fine. That's my my I get my Iranian grandma on, but she is the one who when I played Donkey Kong, she in in you know, in um she her English is perfectly fine, like she English is fluent, but in an Iranian accent was like, This uh monkey, he he want to eat some uh, coconuts <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Which is very, very good. It's a very good question. Um monkeys of course really known for eating coconuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the fruit you're gonna go with. Is coconut a fruit? Yeah, a coconut is a fruit. Yeah, oh, I guess it's a nut, isn't it? Is it a nut's co- fruits? A no, no, a nut is not. A, a nut is a separate thing. A coconut is a member of the palm tree family and okay. the only living species of a genus Cocos. Can refer to the coconut tree. It is. So it's fruit. not even a nut. No, no, it is a fruit. It is not a nut. It is a fruit. They're so they're so tricksy with those names. Yeah, I just it's hard. I know fruit can be like loads of different things. Or oh, fruit, which, 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 by the way, is a great way to start a sentence about to, whatever I'm about to say. <laughs> like, I know that fruit can be different things, um, but I feel like there should be more than like I feel like a bunch of things should be defined as more than just fruit. Like, you know, you got fruits, vegetables. Mm-hmm. You should have like another third thing that defines things like coconuts, pineapples. Um, any other fruit that's hard to get into. Like, if a fruit has a shell, mm. I feel like that should be a different thing. Okay. What do you think? I've, yeah, so apparently, it's botanically, it's a drupe. A drupe, G-R-U-P-E, not a nut. And a drupe, or stone fruit, is a fruit in which the outer fleshy part surrounds a single shell of hardened endocarp with a seed inside. I, I, this, this is why I mean much. it shouldn't just be it shouldn't be known as a fruit at all. It shouldn't be known as a fruit. All right. It should be if, known as a, 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 a droopy, I guess. A droop is, is a good a name as any. Right. As any... It, if you're a botanist, come on the show and answer for this. Why is fruit? That's the question. Why is fruit? And I want the answer. Scott, how are you on this episode number? I, I honestly couldn't tell you what episode <laughs> we're up to. Let me number twenty twenty three. Is that, are we going to do um, EA Sports naming conventions EA Sports, now? Yes. Where we've got we've reached too high of a number, so we're just going to do it by the year. Okay, nerd and or geek number zero. Yeah, this is. <laughs> could this be the start of season three? Don't know. Maybe. How How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm all right. So obviously, Nan died. That was shit. And as a result, had a bit of a rubbish Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we were all really depressed. I bet. Um, and so on, and that was so. But um, you know, we sent. You know, said goodbye to her and sent off her. And and it's the, the start of a year has been. You no, know, I'm in pretty good spirits. I got a new job. Congratulations! Um, I'm still working at the same college, but I'm now working in the maths department where I provide learning support uh, to students. So um, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's um, full time. Uh, I enjoy. I'm glad I'm not like sitting in office all day. I quite like actually wow. being in the classroom. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well. <laughs> You you don't do you do you really want to be in the office or do you love the office the office culture? I I mean I prefer going into the office than I do sitting at home. Oh, yeah. uh, I prefer I feel like I can, I, as as much as any people are going to hate to hear it. I feel like I get more done in the office and I feel mm. like I have a better time at work when I'm in the office. The, it just fits the work vibe mm. more for me. Um, 
But yeah, also if I had a job that was a which had brought all the things I like about the office, but in a place that wasn't an office, that'd be great. There's less potential to slack off on the job because I am expected to do things. Yeah, exactly. That's the same with the office. Um, is like you can't really slack off when you've got people around you all the time. Oh, I absolutely could in the office, but oh, not but, uh, not when you're a leader of those people. <laughs> oh, not not in your office, mate. No. That that's a real check. Cal, hire me on and let's see right. if I can how much I can slack off. <laughs> I said I said you should move up to Manchester and I could get you a job on my team, and you, right, you've sure. you've turned it down. <laughs> You've not moved to Manchester, and now I, you're I bloody teaching assistant. I, I need the um. I'm not a teacher. I, I need the um the money to actually make the move. Maybe I'll mm. save up. No, um, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I, I say that like I'm considering it. You should uh, consider it. How? What's the pay like? I'm not getting into that on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm enjoying my I'm enjoying my new job. Um, it's pretty good, and I have some kids I teach regularly, and they're a good bunch. And yeah, it's going. The staff are nice, and um, what else? It's fine. That's, that's all you've done. It, it, um, what else have I got? New job has been made. One, lots of political stuff going on. There's a strike wave increasing. Yeah. In, if you've not noticed, yeah, there's been more stuff with the nurses. Fifteenth of March, by the way. I don't. Will this go out before the fifteenth of March? Yes. Okay. Big teachers Just. demo in London. Fifteenth of March. Budget day. The railways are out as well. The public services are out. Big striking day. Uh, big demo in London. So let's rock that. That's going to be good. Yep. NH- I'm off to an NHS demo tomorrow in Gloucestershire. Great. Um, for, you know, as part of the Socialist Party contingent there. When you um, show up, what are they like? What do you they're, mean? They're, they're like, oh, yeah, you're here. Yeah, like, okay, so, like, our organisation is, like, fairly well-known amongst, yeah. like, the unions, like, especially, like, some of the, the more militant unions, like, the RM, like, the train guys and, like, the post office, the Royal Mail, they're like, oh, it's militant, like, it's you, they know, they, they've heard of you, yeah. and, like, and also, like, for that, like, it's a not, it's a tradition in the workers' movement of people from left-wing organised, you know, socialist organisations who have a newspaper turning up to support and to sell their paper as well, like that yeah. thing. It was really interesting because I went, I don't know if we've done an episode since I went to the nurses' picket on um, when the nurses went out for the first time in December. Um, no, we've not. The last but, episode was in November. So, Royal College of Nursing, um, it's uh, it's a union. Uh, it's kind of formally, like a, it started as like a professional organisation because nursing used to be quite a middle class profession. Yeah. Um, and and the terms and the pay and terms of conditions have been like destroyed by the by the Tory government. But and 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 Blair beforehand, to be fair. But yeah, uh, don't let him off. Don't. Let, I'm not going to let Blair. You know, there's a Blair musical now. Stop letting Blair. There's a musical for everything right now. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't, I don't like the idea of musicals around. Um, um, bad people like there was mm. the there was the Prince Ch- no Prince Andrew the musical on Channel Four oh, over God. Christmas as well, it, and I just think it sort of like makes light and it's making fun of them sure, mm. but it sort of trivialises the things yeah. that these people have done. Yeah, and I don't like that. And Blair's did some horrible things, but exactly. anyway, but anyway, um, so um, the RCN first ever strike in that union's history, and for most. Basically, everyone on that picket, including the like officials, it was their first ever strike. So they were a bit, yeah. they, they were like, oh, I think there's a bit of surprise that other people were interested in that strike because they were like, oh, you, you, you'll come here to support us and like you've got a paper? Like, what is this? Um, yeah, I found from the RCN, um, 
a lot of nervousness on the part of the officials. They seemed quite nervous about the anti-strike legislation, which I don't think was really that justified because it's not really enforceable. Um, and also, we did actually, we kind of reached an agreement. We went, we talked to the workers there and obviously we supported. We didn't display our paper there because they were like really nervous. They were like, oh, we don't want to make it too political. Like we don't yeah. want to appear partisan. And it's like, okay, like it, it is political, like whether you like it or not. But you know, that's kind of the RCN is more like we're interested in our members. We don't want to talk about the broader. That's like the, at the official level, the, the, um, the, 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 the members, like the, the striking nurses there, very much grasp like the political element of the strike. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like the more. Yeah, I mean, I've, se- is- I've seen some of that like firsthand, and it's um, yeah. it's it's been interesting seeing who sort of gets on board with it and who doesn't, and also just like the understanding of it all, like people not really understanding how and how just how it should work or how it mm. can work. You know. Yeah. I, so- I think I think also because fundamentally with nurses, no one's in that posi- posi- like in that position for money first and foremost and so they do have like a in their head a a want to care for people and so when yeah. they are striking there there's uh, there's that no, that's that, that flip side right? of um, like oh i am gonna have to not care for some people this day mm. and there is potentially gonna be difficulty for my patients and i yeah. think that is hard for them to get their head around. i mean they, they all wanted to be working yeah obviously they they were the strength of feeling on the picket line was very strong but yeah not only for pay but also for for um the nhs itself because yeah because that's also what the strike is about it's about really saving the nhs um so i'll be interested to see what the junior doctors are like next week because the junior doctors are out um next week and i'll it'll be interesting to see them and what their attitude but it was, it was very interesting seeing um a union that had like no militant history yeah people kind of finding out in real time like what it was like to be on strike um compared to like the more veteran unions like the, the rnt or the cwu where like they've like been big strikes before and they like kind of know especially the older members kind of know the ropes uh so yeah that's that's we, we get a positive attitude usually yeah, that's that's. I've I've actually been just 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 as a separate a separate note. If you can hear my stomach at all on you, the you, this you podcast, it's um. I had dinner about ten minutes before we started recording, and, and apparently your stomach is like. A <laughs> like I don't know if you noticed, Scott, but I can't burp. Oh, like, I, really? I'm unable to burp, and so gas gets very. I like, didn't know gets that. Stored in my like in my chest area and causes like a lot of noise. Like there's a lot of buildup in my chest, and it, it gets a bit painful sometimes. But I'm unable to release it, other than the, the farting, of course, oh. uh, which is why I fart so much. What, but what I, I want to know is, and this is I know this this is a podcast about video games, by the way. Yeah, but I, of course, uh, where, why is it as a man entering in my thirties, I'm fine all through the day but as soon as i lie down in bed suddenly i have so much gas and i'm i'm like i'm just burping all the time i don't know i, I mean as someone who doesn't burp i can't answer that question mm. i had a question about um so you do a lot of um like not just picket line but you do like a stand in your town center yeah. a stall um how like what how does that work because because i see like you talk about how much money you've gained for the fighting fund mm. how many newspapers you've sold and i'm wondering how that like how much of an impact that sort of thing yeah. has. Well, the the aim of doing the stall is to meet people, basically, yep. and, to, and to meet people who are interested uh, in finding out more about the, the Socialist Party and getting involved. So, we, you know, we do raise money for a fighting fund, and that is, a, you know, our party's fully funded by... Uh, our members and by donations to our fighting fund. So that is important, right. uh, raising money for a fighting fund. And you know, selling the papers, that's that's fine as well. We do actually, 
um, take a slight loss at the one pound sale price for papers uh, just to get yeah, the I'd, idea. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, so but we do own our own printing press. Um, but but the real purpose of the store is to get out there where people are and meet people who are interested in learning more and maybe haven't thought about. Uh, you know, didn't know we exist or haven't thought about joining a revolutionary organization before. But, you know, it's basically to make contacts and to, right. to meet people. And that's inter- that's interesting. I mean, it's 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 like a very sort of old school way of doing it, isn't it? Because you, you mean, look at like... it's a tradition that goes it's, it's back, a, yeah. to, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool. I, I like it. And I like the concept of sort yeah. of reaching out to people and, and meeting them sort of like face to face. But it's also the best way to do contact work is to meet people because I know you can get a large reach on social media and we do have social yeah. media. Um, but the thing is, you know, you can any you can fire off a post on like Instagram or something and you can get however many thousands or likes or millions of likes. How many people does that actually move though? The thing about yeah. online and social media is it's very disposable isn't it you can like a post but then you can kind of switch off and go on with your day and i think if you've actually met someone and there's a real um you know we we had a we went uh, we had our national conference of our party as well and we had a whole session on party publications and the the whole point of maintaining the paper is one is our independence as well because we own our own printing press and and you know if if we're dependent on like what's happening with twitter now under elon musk you know if yeah. we were dependent on twitter for getting our message out there we'd be screwed because Elon Musk can just ban us, you know, um, at his whim. There's yeah. no, and, and even our website, you know, we we're dependent on internet hosting. And even if we hosted the website ourselves, we'd be dependent on other people's internet service providers to connect them to the site, right? Mm. And we and you know, in in, England, in Britain right now, it, that's not a problem. But obviously, there are countries throughout the world where that is a problem. The government can censor stuff like that, and that could happen. In it's the also, yeah, it's in, also not a problem in the UK yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, um, it's, it's a so, slippery slope so, so right now. Maintaining our own printing press, and it's also it's a it's a show of organization it takes a lot of organization to put out a weekly paper so yeah yeah so that's the point is is actually meeting people uh because that's how you build organizations and we want to meet people in our local area right for yeah with a swindon branch we want to meet people in swindon to build the branch there so um the best way to do do to do that to do <laughs> that is to go out actually go out into swindon i love that i think yeah. that's great that's that's good, and that's answered my my questions I, I had about it. So that's great. You go, Scott. You're you're doing great. Oh, thank good, you. Good work. Have you considered getting yourself down to a socialist party meeting? So with the video game. <laughs> <we've> got... <laughs> Socialistparty.org.uk, guys. If you want to go, check it out. If you want to go, and um, if we're international, our international website is socialistworld.net, and go you check can it out. find an international uh, organisation near you. geek backed. Nerd and or geek, part of the CWI. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Affiliated. To Fuck it, why not? <laughs> do you have to ask their permission? Nah. Uh, the, 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 the views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily express, uh, reflect the views of the international. Yeah, but they might do. Maybe. My view, more, more likely my views are informed by me, rather than cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my views are almost all video games, so... Yeah. I like to lock myself okay. away what, in my little cave. What? Uh, how have you been, Cal? How good. Your, how has video games been for you? Video games have been good. Um, you know what? I entered this year. This is meant to be like this is looking like one of the biggest years in games ever. In like it, ever, it's, it's it's a massive year for games. You've got Breath of the, the New Zelda coming out. You've got a new, like two new Final Fantasies. That's like some of the stuff that I care about. We've had a Fire Emblem. We've got bloody. 
Star Sky Starfield Star mm. the the Bethesda one Star Power yeah Star what's it called Starfield I think it's Starfield Starfield rhymes with Garfield um <laughs> I want to see Bethesda's Garfield game oh, uh, you, you know you've got you've got a bunch of massive games coming out this year that I feel like I should be going all in on playing these these new games and I've played a few new games and yet all I want to do at the moment is play old games. Mm, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I've sort of ended up hyperfixating on Final Fantasy. I saw some Final Fantasy 16 stuff, and I've ended up sort of hyperfixating on Final Fantasy in general. So I've gone back to Final Fantasy 12. The, the ones that no one liked. Yes, specifically the ones <laughs> that no one liked. And you know what? I'm going to say it here. I've said it on Twitter already, but I'll say it here as well. I think that I prefer the era after Sakaguchi than I do the era when he was part of it. So so Final Fantasy is sort of split into two eras, right? You've got the classic Final Fantasy, which is one to nine. Um, then I think Sakaguchi leaves after nine or he was involved in 10, but 10 is like when it sort of started taking a sort of transition period where it's still these fantastical stories, but they sort of tried to do new things with the, the combat to make it a bit more action-oriented, a bit more engaging. So 10 is still turn-based, but it has a bit more of like an active <clears throat> active time battle system within it and then 11's an mmo and 12 is fully it's it's like uh it's like everything's happening all at once it's not a turn-based game anymore 13 goes back to being i loved that movie menu based um and 13 2 and 13 3 does the same sort of thing but in a more sort of like action combat type way 14 of course another mmo 15 was fully action combat as is 16 so like the new era of Final Fantasy has its people. People have issues with it because it, each game sort of seems to be trying something different without any sort of strict con- consistency there. Whereas one to nine just sort of feels like a um, like a slower improvement over the course of the series. But I think I prefer it. I think I just it, pref- I think I prefer a, the new era. I, I've, I've been thinking about it recently. This is just a reminder that the views expressed in this podcast don't reflect the views of a socialist party or committee for a workers' international. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they may like the old. They, 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 they may like Final Fantasy seven or eight. Oh, and I still like Final Fantasy seven and eight and, and nine. You know, it's um, <laughs> nine is still like one in my in my top five, and yet I think overall, I have enjoyed playing. Like I I could probably play through twelve again right now. I've been playing 13-2, which I've played previously but never finished, and I'm aiming to finish it, and I'm having an absolute blast. And when I think think about the games that I've played through more than once, I've played through 15 more than once. I could probably play through that again. I've played through the 7 remake more than once in the space. I've played it twice in two years. And I'm not usually someone who repeats playing games. And so these games clearly do something for me that the turn-based games, while great, great stories and all of that, they don't. I don't. I don't know what it is, but um, I think I. I think I'm going to put my head on the chopping block and say I actually prefer new era okay. Final Fantasy to old era. So well, I'm not going to knock on you. But... So that's what I've been <laughs> fully fixated on. I've been, I played through twelve and I finished twelve, and that was absolutely incredible. Did you use the new fast forward feature? Did they re-release twelve with a fast forward, or was that only like? Nine and ten. They did release twelve with a with a sort of fast forward feature where you can just speed up the game in order to be able to run faster. For example, or the battles go through yep. quicker. I used that when backtracking. Okay. So in moments where I had to like, I like there's a few moments in that game where I'd forgotten to pick something up, which would have been used because it's still a bit old school. 
I thought, oh, I've forgotten to pick something up. This would be useful in this battle. I've got to go all the way back through this dungeon to back to the start of the dungeon so I can teleport to another town to buy some things again and then go back through. So I used the fast travel, the, the, the speed up feature in order to run back through it, the dungeon. Is, is this PS3 era or PS2 era? PS2 is Final okay. Fantasy XII. It was on the okay. cusp of the end of PS2. Okay. But it's it's fucking great. It's like it's just this massive world. You can travel across all of it. It's split into zones, but it's still like essentially open world. It's got an incredible soundtrack. They get rid of all of the like summons from the previous games, and it introduces its, whole, its own mythology and things. It's it's very unique in Final Fantasy terms, and I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Great story, great cutscenes, great music, great combat. Everything is really, really, really fun. And I've also been playing Thirteen Two, which is the se- <laughs> it's where it gets weird. So Thirteen has a obviously yeah. every Final Fantasy is numbered, but every number is a different universe. Right. And so if they ever do a sequel to a number, it's the number is part of the title, and then you get a two at the end of it. So hmm. thirteen two is the sequel to thirteen. Uh, you've also got ten two and thirteen three, and those are the sequels. Makes sense. It makes sense. Um, good series, good games. <laughs> so I'm playing thirteen two on the Series X, which has a, a like it's it's got a sixty FPS boost, which the which the Series X does console side. And also upscales it all to 4K, like basically displays everything at 4K. And that's not been coded into the game. The Series X does it itself. And it looks fucking fantastic. Like it puts HDR colouring on it and everything. You could release 13.2 with these Series X updates today. And I think it would look like a fairly modern game. Mm. And it's it's absolutely stunning. And it's it, there are moments where like, even the cutscenes are upscaled. But there are moments when like, you know, like in a fighting game where you're flicking through a menu. And it has a little sort of in-baked... A pre-rendered video of someone doing the move that you're highlighting. Oh yeah, it's got that in the game, so it's got inbaked sort of like things of like that. But because it's inbaked to it, they look baked like in. they baked in whatever. <laughs> they look like how the game looked on the PS3 when it was released, mm. and it's night and day. Like yeah. I, I was, I wasn't expecting it to be that clearly different, but you can easily see what it looked like on PS3 compared to now, and it's it's incredible. So I'm really enjoying playing through that game again, and. Um, Look forward to getting to the end of that. These the people people talk shit about the thirteen series and actually really good and maybe some of the best story in Final Fantasy. And then finally, I'm I'm uh, deep back into Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO as well. I'm a I'm I'm a little blacksmith right now, Scott. Ooh, I'm just sort of traveling nice. the towns. That's nice, isn't it? It is honestly, it's really peaceful. Um, I've been doing a lot of work, which we'll get to in a bit on like some extra projects and things. And so I've just needed something to unwind and I've, I've picked up mining and I've picked up blacksmithing. So I'll just wander the little, wander the lands, doing some mining, bring my stuff back to town and I'll just sit in the center of town, just making weapons and armor and stuff. And it's actually really nice. Um, I'm having a great time with it. So that's been like, so I've entered this year thinking I've got to play all these games. I've played a bit of Fire Emblem. I've played maybe six hours of it. I heard it was all right. It's fine. Okay, it's a, cool. It's, it's, a, it's a good Fire Emblem, but it's not grabbing me like Final Fantasy XII did. You know, I, yeah. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm fancying Final Fantasy XII. I'll give that a little go, and then couldn't put it down. And Fire Emblem didn't grip me in that way. So I'm just thinking, is it worth just forcing myself through new games just because mm-hmm. they're new? Or because I want to be playing these other games, should I just play these instead? It's I, I struggle with... Um, 
sunk cost fallacy. Okay. Where because I've bought these expensive consoles, I feel like I should be using them to their full potential. But actually, I just want to play these other games, and so that's what I'm going to do. It's been good. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, what have you been playing? Uh, I bought an Xbox out of grief. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So to tell, tell a tale of woe. All right. So imagine it's like like a few days before Christmas. Yeah. And we find found out my nan's ill. Not going to get better. So that's shit. And I and I can't. It's literally before Christmas. So it's like, well, we can't go see her immediately. It's going to be like a week. And I'm so I feel like, oh, you know, really sad about that. And I think, well, look. I've got. I just want to escape into a, a a fantasy world. Yep. To you know, just take my mind off it. There's not much I can do. So I buy Elden Ring for PC, uh, and I play a few hours of it, and then my PC breaks. How did it break? Uh, so basically, uh, my graphics card. I think it overheated. As far as I can tell, I think the graphics card just overheated, and uh, basically, I tried to like. When I start the computer, it just had like graphical artifacting all over the screen. God. As far as I can tell, the graphics card's just broken. Um, have you done I the oven bake method? I try. I haven't baked it in the oven. That's one thing I've not done yet. Um, but I tried basically everything else, and it's not worked. So and then and then that's also the moment when I realised like since I bought this PC in like 2019, graphics cards have increased like fourfold in price, oh, big time, like. Yeah. The and pandemic even, really did a number on it on top of the whole so like cryptocurrency e- thing. Even trying to buy a replacement card for the one the one that was kind of pretty high up like four years ago, but even trying to buy that card now, it will be more than I paid for it in twenty nineteen. Wow. Which is mad, right? Yeah. Uh and that's that's buying it new, admittedly. But even so, like I, obviously, I don't want to buy a used. It'd still be hundreds for a used card, and that's more risky. So I'm you don't like, want to buy a used card. They exactly. could all just be like um, crypto yeah, cards exactly. that have just been running twenty four seven a year. So, so basically, I'm like, okay, I can't. I don't really want to pay all this money just to like restore. How much money do I want to put into this system that is already like three years old? Yeah. So, and also, I don't. I didn't really have like. The money, to, that much money to spend, uh, as well. So, basically, out of grief, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm buying an Xbox." And you got the uh, Series S. Right? I got the Series S. I got the Series S because I don't. I've only got a 1080p monitor. I've got no plans to upgrade, so I don't care about 4K. I I just wanted a gaming machine, so I bought the S, the little white cuboid. And how's it how's it been for you? It's good. It's been I've played mostly Elden Ring. I've played like sixty five hours of Elden Ring. Wow. Um I, I played a few other things, you know, I played a bit of Hi Fi Rush and so on. It's a mean little box. Yeah. It's a pretty nice it runs absolutely perfect. I don't Alright, here's a taste of like what the gamers were saying. Because before I was like bought one, I was looked up and I was like, okay, how does it perform? And I saw a Reddit post titled How is the performance on Xbox Series S. And the first reply was, bad. It's only between 45 and 60 FPS. Running <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What that's are you talking about? fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And I was like, what is are that, you wait, talking about? Is that about? Elden Ring? 
Um, I think it, I don't know what it was for. I think Elden Ring is 30 uh, for most part. But I think their main complaint, the Redditor, was that it like it does go up and down a bit. Like, fine. Um, there are ways that you can like um, fix the frame rate, I think. But like, Yeah, I mean, I would always prefer a stable frame rate. I'd rather they lock it at 30 than have it I, like, I have not flick noticed around, but... any really significant slowdown no. or anything. Um, you know, like, like any game, there's some loading and stuff. But like, it's fine. It performs well. The thing is with the Series S, and I think people do tend to forget this, is that the CPU in the Series S is the same one as the Series X. Yeah. So in terms of like actual computer power, it's the same. It's got a bit less RAM. Obviously, the graphics card isn't as powerful. But otherwise, in terms of actual playing the game, it should run basically the same and, as the Series X. And obviously, X. you run in performance mode when you yeah. get the option. Uh, even on the top end, you do that. Yeah. Um, what's re- So good point. Like it's It was £250, um, which is real cheap. Yeah. Uh, Game Pass is very good value. Um, it is, of course. Uh, it's you know, so it's it for like an entry point into like gaming. It's a very low entry point. Uh, that console is absolutely silent. I was, oh, yeah. I've been yeah. incredibly impressed by like running Elden Ring. Like it's 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 chucking out hot air, like it's cooling itself, but it's absolutely silent. I'm really impressed by how how silent it is. Yeah, I, I'm almost, like, when I think about it, I'm almost more impressed with the Series S than I am with the mm. Series X. And I, I love my Series X. Uh, I, I think it's a brilliant console. Obviously, the, the games look amazing. And yet there's something about the, the just the small-scale nature of a, of a box that's almost the size of, of a Wii mm. being able to do these big games... In, in like such a, such a cool way, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's I think it's great. I think if really you were going around a friend's house, you could chuck it in your bag nice and easily. I'm. Have you seen the Series S screen? I've not. No. You can buy a screen attached. I think it might be third party. I don't know, but it, it attaches onto the Series S, and it's powered from the Series S itself. So you plug the Series S in, it like slots onto the Series S, and you can just flip flip hmm. it up. And so if, if you just bring the Series S and the screen with you. It is like it's like ever so slightly bigger than like mm. it's just it's an extra little bit of ser- like added onto the Series S. You could just play it anywhere. It becomes almost like a portable Ooh. console. I'm really tempted need, to don't do you need that. mains power. Pardon? Don't don't you need mains power? Yeah. So as long as you have mains power, okay. you can bring the Series S where, wherever with you. Cool. And I don't um, think it requires that much power to run. Like, I bet you could play it on a plane. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So I'm re- honestly. Uh, it has a, it has the, whatever transformer it has inside it is internal to the console. Yeah. Because the, the plug doesn't have, and I assume it must, it's not using 240 volts. So it must have a, um, a transformer in it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So there um, you go. Xbox controller, still my favorite style of oh, it's the best. controller. Yeah. It uh, is. I, I was never a PlayStation man, so I, I don't know. And, and the, the Switch is fine, but the the Xbox, the Switch, this the Joy Cons suck. Still, let's, my let's be honest, the Joy Cons are a cool um, concept, but the execution is fucking terrible. Uh, I like the Joy Cons. No, um, I think that the, the Joy Con drift is a real problem. Yeah, that's. I think that's the issue. And nowadays, when I'm playing Switch in bed, I'll get a my I'll get pins and needles in my hand after about twenty five minutes of play. You see, I have like weirdly small hands, so the oh. Joy Cons, <laughs> the, jo- the Joy Cons, like um, look work fine. Um, I think my hands are maybe too big for them. But, uh, my dick's fine, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I've got really small hands, and um, so the Joy Cons are fine. But I, I think the Xbox controller is still my favourite. Just one point, 
that controller does not come with an inbuilt like rechargeable battery. No, it doesn't. If by default it takes double A and you've got to buy I did not buy the official Microsoft one. I bought a third party, like two battery packs, um, for less than the price of one official Microsoft battery pack. But it is a bit pretty um pretty weird, pretty criminal really that <laughs> criminal not uh, metaphorically not literally criminal <laughs> it, it's pretty it, i don't know why microsoft it was it to keep the cost of manufacture down potentially it has always been that way so the 360 the xbox one the series x all of their controllers have never come with a rechargeable yeah but if i look up xbox controller i bet you it's not cheap is it like um no it's, no, it's about like, the same price from, as any from other a, controller from a microsoft store it's 50 quid for a new like okay, Xbox. that's that's twenty pounds less than the PS5 controller. It's twenty pounds. Although, given that, like, you used to be able to get controllers like dirt cheap. Um, yeah. There we go. I I miss um, HD Rumble, but I understand why they didn't implement it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Really, it's just keep in mind that when you buy your Series S, add in an extra like fifteen quid for a battery pack. Because, or an extra two quid if you want to just buy some double A's. Yeah, but thing over time, the yeah. rechargeable battery yeah, will work. Absolutely. Like you can put, and it come. Fair play to Microsoft. It comes with a pair of double A's. <laughs> oh, did, does it? I they, didn't realize that. They did. They didn't. They didn't cheap out on that front, but they do. It's um, you know, I would recommend just buying not the official Microsoft one, but just buy a battery pack for it, um, because it, it's probably worthwhile. So is it just is it just Elden Ring that you've been playing? Really, obviously you've played a bit I, of other I've games. I played a bit of Hi-Fi Rush. I've, I've I've dipped into Game Pass, but mostly it is like the sixty-five hours I've put into Elden Ring so far, where I'm still like halfway through the game. What about Vampire Survivors? Oh, I I, I played quite a bit of Vampire Survivors yeah. on it as well. Yeah, you're pay, you're paying an Xbox an Xbox, um, and I've done the same thing a Game Pass subscription where all I'm playing is Vampire Survivors off Game Pass, yeah, which actually so- costs less than a month of Game Pass. Yes, <laughs> but something something new might happen. I don't know. Uh, Wo Long Fallen Dynasty is meant to be pretty to be good. good. Okay. That's a, like a Souls-like. Okay. That's, That's meant cool. to be really cool. Now, with new games coming out this year, first of all, the, the two of the games I wanted to play are remakes. The Kirby, the new Kirby remake, I it looks good, but I was like fifty pound for a, yeah. a remake of a Wii game. Yeah. That's a bit much, isn't it? It is. That's a bit much. Um, I have not yet played. What else came out? It was um. Oh God, all right. I can't remember the game. Uh, Dead thought... Space. No. It, oh, it's the rhythm game, which I didn't buy because I, I didn't recognise the songs. The theatre, theatre. Oh, theatres and Final Fantasy. Yeah, of course. Um, and then Metro Prime. I probably will get the Metro Prime remake. I've heard it's a good remake. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard it's, it's really good. good. My my issue is, I I have a Wii U in my cupboard on which I have a copy of Metroid Prime Trilogy for Wii. But I do feel like if you turn on your Wii U in 2023, they will send round like the Death Squad. <laughs> like they're, they're, like they're, there's an office somewhere, but they'll press like a red flashing button, and you're gonna get taken out. They'll, <laughs> like, they'll, be like, it on they'll be like psychopath detected. You can't. The Wii U still. I've still got it. I've still got it set up. Mm. Uh, um, I've I've hacked it. That's the thing. Is like okay if I but but, but the remaster is good. But, yeah, they, they, it's quality of life, and it's thirty five, but which I think is fair fair price. Yeah, that's a good um, price. I'm surprised they didn't go higher with not, it, to be honest. Not, not the 50 quid. Really, I in, 
in that's it, a bigger game than like that's it, a bigger if expansion I, than you know Kirby it, is. You, you'd think that the Kirby would be 35 yeah and then the Metroid would be 50 but that's not the way they decided to do it no um so there we go um yeah there's some there's some good games coming out on game pass Wolong Fallen Dynasty's just come out which I which I should play I've got it downloaded on my Xbox but it's not Final Fantasy so well actually I realized what got oh, into this Final but, Fantasy but, kit. by the way um remote install is pretty cool yeah I love course. it I love it so much. What got me to the Final Fantasy kick was the actor of them, actually. Mm-hmm. That's what got me suddenly thinking, I want to play some more Final Fantasy again. Because um, I've just I've been playing that game fucking loads. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great little music rhythm game, uh, but probably does lose some of its appeal if you don't know any of the music, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously would be the case for you. Uh, I'm not, then I enjoy it when I'm playing the games with the music I don't know still, mm-hmm. but then I do just sort of like Final Fantasy aesthetics and things, so maybe that's part of it that's great though I'm, re- I'm really enjoying that all right what else have you done uh we've we've caught up on one piece hmm. so me and my partner started watching one piece in april of last year after i got obsessed with the manga and 920 episodes later we have now caught up to the dub the, <laughs> right. du- the dub is now caught up for us we're there we're not above episode 1000 yet because the dub's not there but we've actually managed to catch up to the show, which means we're now waiting for new episodes to be released, which is a very weird thing when for the past almost a year, we've been watching it like at least one episode every single day. Uh, and then obviously sometimes more episodes in a, in a single day because otherwise how do you get through 900 in the space of a year? Mm. And that's a very weird feeling to suddenly lose something that's almost almost a habit at this point. Like it's it's it's... I feel like something's missing now that we can't just watch it every day. No, we're watching other anime. We're watching Haikyuu. We're watching some other stuff. Uh, and that's all good. We've got some weekly shows on the go, but it's not One Piece. And I I had the anime, which filled the void after I finished the manga. And now I don't have that. I mean, Crunchyroll, for what it's worth, of uh, releasing 11 new episodes every month. So it's not like I have nothing every month. There's still quite a few episodes. But I have to wait for it, and that's a very weird feeling to just be not done, but kind of done with that. You know, kind of done with this thing that we were just we we weren't watching other shows. Like really, we're watching weekly shows, but otherwise, we like there's a bunch of shows we wanted to finish binging at some point or finish watching, and we just weren't because we were watching One Piece all the time. And it and now that we can go and watch those, it's not hitting the spot or anything. Hmm. Um, have you ever had a show like that that you sort of dedicated yourself to? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess um, The Wire. Yeah, I, I, I went really mad for The Wire. Yeah, and Breaking Bad a bit as well. Breaking Bad, I, I had a whole Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, yeah, and just like when you finish it, I suppose it's like I, I was reminded, well, isn't it? I was reminded of a scene where Walt throws a pizza on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> good, good, good scene. <laughs> good scene, great scene. There, more shows should have a scene where you chuck it, where someone just angrily yeah, throws something not? out of character. Hmm. Yeah, so that's that's been a big part of our the start of our year, and we've literally finished it this week. So it's um, it feels quite fresh still, and a bit. I'm feeling a bit empty inside without it. Uh, I've also been working on a new project. I've, I mentioned on the oh. podcast before about the uh, the my new my new podcast, um, which I gave a name, the Untitled Games Project, and for the past month and a bit i've been probably about a month actually past month i've been doing recordings for the first series of that and i'm going to reveal today who i've got on board 
for the first season. I've got some good names on this. Mm, I've got some good okay. names. Got. Wow me. I'll start with the friends of the podcast that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are people who have been on Nerd Under Geek podcast before. We've got Twitch streamer slash comedian Sean Morley. We've got comedian Jane Edwards. We have got comedian slash IT technician Lloyd Henning from Fox Dog Studios. We have got games journalist Vince Pavey, who of course has been on podcast a couple of times now, I think. And then we've got people who aren't friends to the podcast, but are people that I respect immensely. And I was very surprised that I was able to get them on board. Um, we've got games journalist slash writer Alice Bell. Uh, she's currently the deputy editor of Rock Paper Shotgun. And then games journalist slash writer Kate Gray, who has written for Kotaku, N- Nintendo Life, um, VG247, I think, a bunch of places. And she's currently writing four games at the moment. Not as in, like, she's writing for them, not she's writing four of them. Mm. She might be writing four of them. Maybe. I don't know, maybe, but... Um, and they, they, they've, uh, they're they both... All, all of the recordings I've done have just been absolutely brilliant. I'm really excited for the podcast to be released. To, to give you an idea of what the, what the concept was, Scott did a um, a pilot episode with me a little while back that's that's on the Nerd Under Geek podcast list, but I'll also be re-editing his, his episode to be released alongside the rest of these. The concept is... I get people related to games to come on board and come up with their dream game by piecing together pieces of their other favourite games. And I really encourage people to get weird with it. Um, Scott, yours was like maybe the most normal of all. Okay. Like if you, if you right. think about some of the stuff that you said on yours, that's maybe like on the tame side, uh, as in tame, not not tame side, like the place, um, like the tamer side of things. Uh, as opposed to how weird some of these others got. Uh, one person created like an arc, not to spoil anything, but created an arcade JCB simulator. Oh, uh, with a built-in um, management simulation within it as well. Uh, it was pretty wild. That's yeah. It, it, and then someone entered it by th- by saying, "I want to create a chaise long of calm sort of game." And then created maybe the most stressful experience I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been really good. People have really thrown themselves into it. And I've always been surprised with like the people that have brought notes with them. So like ahead of time, have mm. really like just written out how they want things to be, and then we've expanded the ideas from there. It's been so much fun. I've recorded all but one at the time of this recording. This 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 is my third podcast recording of this week and I've got one more on Sunday. Uh, so I'm exhausted podcast-wise, but I'm very excited for it. And then for some reason, I've decided to leave editing them to do them all at once. And so I've now got the next month to edit together six podcast episodes, which is going to be a fair bit of work, uh, which, is, which is exciting, but also... A lot of work. Um, so look forward to the Untitled Games project being released in the near future. Hoping to get a trailer up soon. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And then maybe I'll do a season two. If, if, if people like it, it sort of gets a good reception. I'll probably do a season two and hopefully get some more people on board for that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope you, I hope you, will, you will listen to it. It's got to be great. Um... That's everything I've done for the start the start of the year. Have you got one more thing you want to oh, talk about? Oh, I should mention, first of all, I've also watched My Hero Academia. Which is my oh, you favorite. have? Yeah, I, should, I, did, I did want to speak to you about that. Uh, I've forgotten that you hadn't put right. it on your, um, your list. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it is real good, isn't it? In Scott's um, depression... In my deep depression. He thought, I'll get into anime. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what made you pick My Hero Academia? Uh, it's because, well, you said you should watch Gundam. Yes. And I was like, all right, well, I'll Crunchyroll free trial. I'll go and watch Gundam. And Gundam was good. I watched them. But then I was like, I thought subtitles. You got, yeah. I, I find watching, yeah, I've watched anime shows with subtitles, but I was like, I want something to, I could watch while I'm eating. And while yeah. I'm eating, I can't, I don't want to be fixed on the screen. I want Absolutely. To I completely so, agree with you. So I thought My Hero Academia in good English dub. Yeah. Put it on. And I really, the first time I've I watched like 12 episodes before and they were, they, you know, I enjoyed it well enough, but I didn't continue. And this time I've been, I've been into it. Yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Um, My Hero Academia is, is, just a very sort of consistently good, fun anime that that takes some pretty big swings. I think. Like I, it's, I, I, it's... I will tell you, as a someone who is employed by what is essentially a high school, they never get away with that <laughs> in, in, in this country. <laughs> no, you don't think so. No, my my students' lives are almost never at risk. No, almost my never. work almost never. Almost never. Um, so wait, you're saying that in the first three months of your students' uh, year, they haven't had to go up against the enemy of the world three no, times? They haven't been attacked several times. No. <laughs> That's actually my only issue with My Hero Academia. Is the timeline the story, is weird. The timeline is fucked. Like, the, even like where I'm at right now in the sixth season, where everything's sort of like really hit the fan and you're sort of approaching the end game. It's still the first year of school. Yeah, basically everything happens. Like, these kids, their lives are on the line on a weekly basis. Yeah. And the parents are like, I'm not sure I want them staying at the school. And you think, yeah, you're, you're right to say that. And the teacher's oh, like, I'll, no, it's fine. I'll just let them see out the first year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that you will see. The parents yeah. could be gone before the first mm. year finishes. It's um, it's a great it's a great show, though. It's, it's, it's really... Whereabouts... Not to spoil uh, I'm this, still on like, season, what is it, four, I think? Is, it, I, the, I, is it the um, the raid you've got going on right now? Yes, they are yes. raiding. Season yeah. four. That is season four, which is one of my favourite seasons for this world. Uh, I think for me it goes two, four, three, six, one, five. Five, okay. Yeah. And six is probably going to go further up when the season finishes, but it's ongoing right now. You're you're a very Midoriya type man. He's very you. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's very he is very me. I um, feel like I feel like I'm more like Tenya. Yes, absolutely. Tenya is I'm, definitely a, a Scott uh, character. President, yeah. Uh, you're not. You sure you're not sure? Like you're not like uh, the grape guy. <laughs> yeah, probably in real life, I probably am the grape guy. <laughs> uh, just just very horny and. Um, Isn't he the worst uh, character? He he is the okay. So like Japan has a different attitude towards sexual comedy, especially as it relates to underage, to teenagers, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, we, Western, we got sex comedy in the West, and, yeah. uh, just, but, te- but they have a different attitude. And the stereotype in anime, and I, I can only see other Japanese, like, comedy shows of, of, like, the pervert, who is, like, very sexually aggressive and, like... Yeah tries to like look up the girl skirts and stuff it is i it is i you know a, a, a I guess like a comedy thing in japan it's a trope uh, yeah it very much is i never I, find I, it I, funny. I, I don't know under what criticism that trope comes in japan yeah i, be... I assume i assume that there you know there's this people have opinions on it um but it it still keep makes its way into a lot of 
a lot of shows. It does. It's like even I mean, One Piece has this has this problem. And, um, I mean, Dragon Dragon Ball has this problem. Uh, all the big shows have this problem. There there are definitely shows which don't. But certainly when it comes to shonen... And, 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 and you know, the, the general kind of attitude, everyone sort of rolls their eyes and was like, oh, you know... Yeah, um, the, the joke the, is always like, this pervert, person's a, you know. a bad person. Like, he's, he's doing something that's perverted and no one likes them. But it always also does it for the benefit of the audience, you know? Yeah, the, the camera is slightly lecherous at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there, there we go. That's unfortunately, um, especially when it comes to shonen... A trope you just have to sort of deal with. That, that because, because of the demographic of Shonen as well, that is part of the reason why it's there and why it's right, sort of rightly or Rightly or wrongly, that, that is still a prominent trope for now yeah. in, in Shonen anime. and It's definitely got better. I mean, I'm trying to think of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't think it uh, happens and, in and that. Ov- and obviously, we're not privy to a lot of the Japanese discourse no. around anime because we don't speak the language. So we we don't we're not privy to what's going on inside of Japan with people. And, and this stuff is is made for and, them. And, and, and I'm sure there is a whole people have a you know range of opinions on it. So I'm just saying yeah. it's it's a slightly weird one, but it's a good show. My Hero Academia. I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah. Do you reckon you'll carry on watching? Do you reckon you'll do other anime after My Hero Academia? Maybe. I'll, I'll see. I'll I've see. got some good recommendations of dubbed anime. Maybe, maybe I'll finally get back into Ranking of Kings. Oh, great show. Great dub. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, got, I've got some other recommendations of shows that I think you especially would really like. Some of them uh, on the list that I'm going to be reading out cool. a little bit later. So we still have our top 2023 20, to do. We each got 2023 entries, so we've got to get a move on. Um... <laughs> but, but but I, I did. I didn't realize you were joking then. But no, that's that's. that's but, good. but I but I did go to the Berlin Film Festival again. Yes, it was good. Um, I only was there for two nights, so I saw only four films. Uh, super busy. This this was the first proper Berlin now they've done since 2020. So and so I think it was particularly busy. Like everyone wanted to go for this particular, this particular one. Um, really enjoyed it. I would say. I didn't see any film I really loved. I saw four movies uh, and several of which I thought were really good. Uh, but there were no, there's nothing I really, really loved like I did in 2020. But that's that's for luck of a draw sometimes. Yeah. Um, saw a good movie. Quiet Migration is a movie about a a Danish man. He's a South Korean Dane. Dane. So he was adopted. He's a ethnically Korean and uh, was adopted by a Danish family as a child. Um, it's about his life in the boring Danish countryside and kind of his experiences as, as like the only Korean guy around and um, and kind of loving but also wanting to break free from his parents. Would recommend Quiet Migration. Um, a Golden Life is a documentary about gold mining in Burkina Faso. Oh, yeah. Um, ch- especially child miners children who who do the mining really great documentary uh i thought the first half was very focused on a few personalities and then it broadened and i feel like it lost the thread a bit um the focus of the movie but um it's quite i would i would recommend it. it's quite short as well tracking down a golden life between revolutions was like a comparative archive footage of the romanian and iranian revolutions told through the framing device of letters between two friends on in either country that sounds uh, interesting yeah that was good but so the letters they're based on various things like their various influences of people because people that the idea is that this woman 
<coughs> went to study medicine in Romania from Iran. She made a Romanian friend. She went back for a revolution. And then they are corresponding throughout the subsequent kind of 15-something years as the Iranian revolution and war happens. And then Romania as well has its revolution. Um, so uh, that was really good. Good comparative archive. Quite heavy footage. hitting on a man. Quite heavy hitting. And finally was Perpetrator, which was a film that looked really fun. Uh, was an American-made horror film. I thought it was the weakest of a bunch I saw, unfortunately. Maybe it's because it was the last one and I wanted it to be go out with a bang and I yeah. it wasn't that great. Um, yeah, because the, the plot synopsis was like a girl eats a, a cursed birthday cake and becomes like a witch. We've all been sound, there. Which sounded really good. But yeah. the actual movie, uh, it's not really that memorable. Bit confu- a, a bit of a confused narrative about like violence against women, but also they're witches, but also he's like a serial killer. And then they do a Silence of the Lambs reference and it's not even... <laughs> Like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend Perpetrator. Um, but anyway, that's my mini review of Berlin now. Uh, still love Berlin. We'll probably go back next year. <laughs> um, um, I should go in the summer sometime. Anyway. <laughs> when you went you, you went to Berlin and you uh, posted a story to it about it and I commented yeah, about I, the wall. Myself on, on, on a train. On a train, just the view from a train and you were like, ah, oh, my top ten like random industrial walls. So I was like No, no, it was it was Berlin Berlin's top five walls alongside the Hadrian's wall and the <laughs> Great Wall of China. Uh, which is which is very funny, but you were like, just let me have my moody Berlin experience, please. Oh fuck off. <laughs> just let me have my moody Ber- my moody Berlin Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't. I would never, never allow that. <laughs> Everything's a joke, <laughs> but no one ever gets sick of it. What What are you like, eh? What, are what you am like? I like? Just, just so, so me. But I think that joke's really Cal, good. So when you When you take it. on, when you take on um, new team members, are you like? Are you at the stage where you're like we like a laugh round here? You, you bet you better like a joke. You have to like a joke to work in the scene. No, no. It's... <laughs> and, and then you have like a little lack. I'm thinking of um, Gavin from the office being like, "Oh, we're a jokester." He's like your little lackey. Yeah, it's like watch out. <laughs> so I'm so I'm David Brent. Yeah, well, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, no, it's it's I I usually do tend to bring out the weird in people who I work with. I I, I do think that certainly. On the teams I've been on, maybe start off a little bit more professional than when they end up when I'm on it because I I am a bit of a weird guy. But it's I always I never step over any lines or anything. I'm always a one. <laughs> this this sounds like the like someone who definitely steps over way too many mm. lines, but I don't. I think I'm very good at talking to people and very good at sort of interacting with people and bringing encouraging them to bring to sort of like open up a little bit and that's i think that's why the other podcasts i've done so recently have um have gone so well especially people i don't know where i've been able to have good conversations with them so we when we do get new starters i tend to just be me uh but a sort of almost a little bit a little bit more a little bit more reserved me and i let's just let it out every now and then to sort of gauge how they are uh i'm 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 overly I'm overly thinking every interaction that I have because I'm like how much have I how much can I say how much can I do this so I'm I'm always just overthinking it which probably comes from the the general autism that I have but it's it's fine it's fine I'm a jokester I'm a jokester I just do the jokes and then people like it but no one ever complains and it's fine and now I'm worried about every interaction I've ever had with anyone. <laughs> 
I'm going to have a breakdown. Okay. Um, Before you do that, what were your favourite things of 2022? So, yeah, we thought we'd do... Obviously, we do, like, a top 10 things of 2022, and I've been too busy to do an actual top 10 list or top 10 video. So I'm actually quite glad that we were able to do this again now because I've done it every year, and then this year I've just not had the chance to do anything for it. I did the top... I did my favourite anime YouTube video, which I'd encourage people to go take a look at. Um which is on the Nerd Under Geek YouTube channel. But otherwise, I've not been able to do like a proper in-depth top 10 games thing. How do you want to do this? Because my lists are a lot longer than yours. Your lists are a lot longer. Why don't we just do your anime? Talk to me about anime. And then we'll do like a back and forth with the games thing. I've been two versus one. Okay. Mm. So I've got... I didn't realise I'd be able to do this, but I have managed to... Where I've managed to... They're not in order... But I've got like a list of my favorite ten anime of the last year because I watch a lot of it. It's basically the only thing I watch is anime. Yeah, basically. the only show that wasn't anime last year that I watched, I think, was I watched most of that Stranger Things new season. God, which it was, was bad, which was, wasn't it? Which was really bollocks. I've not watched the last episode because it's too long, and I don't want to spend two and a half hours watching something I don't actually enjoy. Um, it is just bad. It's a bad series. It, which which was so good before as well, but we'd have to get into that. Mm. This isn't my least favourite things of last year. <laughs> otherwise, I've mostly just been watching anime, and I've broken it down to, to these ten uh, favourites. The first of which is... I'm going to do it in reverse order of what's on here, um, because the one at the top is my favourite. Blue Lock. Uh, Blue Lock is a football anime, Scott. Okay. Uh, so it's it's set in... in Japan. American... Pardon? Or so- soccer or American football? Uh, soccer. So, yeah, it's 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 they call it soccer in the game. It's right in the, in the anime. Uh, it's it's what we know as football, but it's it follows the um a Japanese football like group. So so Japan famously never win a World Cup. They've never won a World Cup. They're never particularly good at, at World Cups. And what the anime puts that down to is the Japanese sort of culture of always playing fair. Like they've not got a culture of being like bullies and sort of like being people who like let their ego get the better of them, which is what you tend to need to be a really good striker, for example. And so Blue Lock is set in they they gather two hundred of Japanese top high school football talent and they put them in a prison. And they're all strikers, and they say whoever ends up winning this like football battle royale is gonna be on the Japanese World Cup League. And whoever everyone who loses never plays football again. And it follows this main this main character who's trying his best to stay in the competition and end up as the best footballer, uh, best striker in Japan. And it's really, really fucking good. It's it's really well animated. Um, the way that the these football matches play out, because it's strikers forming a team amongst themselves where they've got to play different roles and things. I don't really care for football, and yet I really get into it when they go in depth about like how different football skills work and what the different football methodology is and how, like how they're planning out for it. And it's it's just it's a lot of fun, and it knows what it is, and it's 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 really really good. So that's um, nice. That's Blue Lock. Uh, that is in as dubbed, but I'm watching it subbed. My Hero Academia. You're watching six. it subbed. I'm watching it. I tend to watch if I'm watching something on my own without. I'll tend to watch it subbed. You said her name. Oh, shit, I did say her name. Oh, God. (laughs) 84 minutes. (laughs) 
If I'm watching anime with my partner, we'll always watch it dubs because she prefers to watch it. Oh no, we have watched some shows subbed recently where they've been like week on week. Chainsaw Man, which I'll get to, we watched subbed, mm. and Trigun Stampede, we watched subbed because we were too excited to watch them, and we didn't want to wait three weeks for the episodes to get dubbed, so we just watched them subbed. Uh, but yeah, you, if I'm watching something on my own, usually I'll go for the subbed option only because I'm I'm trying to learn Japanese and it's important okay. to hear it more often. But there's some shows that I'd watch dubbed still anyway, like Fooly Cooly, for example, I watched dubbed. So it really, if I have an anime that I watch in bed, I'll watch that dubbed so I can sort of fall asleep watching it. But if I'm watching it, um, otherwise I'm watching it dubbed. It's, I got my methods, all right? I got my methods. <laughs> all right. My Hero Academia Season 6. Uh, we've spoken a bit, quite a bit about that. I'm not going to say anything about Season 6 because I don't, don't want to spoil it for you, but it's really fucking cool. Um, it has some of the best action within My Hero Academia, and the 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 fight that breaks out in season six, or the first half of it anyway, is just it's thrilling. And there were moments where I or I where I shouted out loud in excitement when me and my partner just both got so into it, going just really got got into it. So it's it's um it's it's just brilliant. It's really great. It's like top top end My Hero Academia fighting. So look forward to that, Scott. Nice. Mob Psycho well, Season 3 is the final season of Mob Psycho. Mob Psycho is about a young boy who has psychic powers, um, but because he's a teenager, he's not very good at one... He's very good at controlling them, but he is not very good at controlling his emotions, and so he pushes these emotions down. And when any, any particular emotion gets too strong, like he gets too angry, or he gets, he gets too sad, or too lovesick, or any of that, or even too happy, it sets him off, and he becomes this, this ticking time bomb of a person. And Season 3... Uh, sort of takes him through all the lessons he's learned in his life so far with his mentors and all of that stuff and takes it to foot to a uh, very satisfying conclusion. Mob Psycho is a, is a perfect show. It's so funny. It's so well animated and it's so heartwarming. It's, it's just absolutely brilliant. So that's like definitely top end for me in terms of my favorite anime of last year. That's probably one that I'd recommend for you to watch after my okay. hero, Scott, is Mob Psycho 100. Mob it's Psycho. three seasons long. Okay. It's about 12 episodes per season, so it's not mm. particularly long anime. Um, it's really good. It's really great. Attack on Titan, final season, part two. Uh, so right. Attack on Se- Titan, season one, two, and three. Then you have Attack on Se- Titan, final season. Then you have Attack on Titan, final season, part two, which was last year. And then this year, you've got Attack on That's Titan, great. final season, part three which they've aired the first part of earlier this month. And then the second part of part three is later this year. Right. It's a, fuck, it's a fucking mess, but it's really cool. It's um, incredible animation, incredible fight scenes, incredibly dark story, and just really gruesome. I've, I've read the manga for this. I know what's going to happen, but seeing all the events of Attack on Titan play out, play out on the screen is, is incredibly exciting. Uh, Chainsaw Man's one of the big ones. Uh, that's that is one of the most hype anime from the previous year, and it did not disappoint at all. It follows a boy I spoke about it on this podcast uh, named Denji who um, gets turned into a half human, half mm. devil man, and half um, chainsaw. Exactly, he he becomes the chainsaw man, and he joins the devil hunting squad in order to hunt down devils. It's a shonen anime which subverts all the shonen tropes. I mean, it's very much for adults because incredibly gory. And has a lot of like sexual nature and connotations and things, but not in a pervy way. Uh, it subverts all of that completely. Like anytime you think, oh, this is going to do the usual shonen thing, it's like, nope, gotcha. It's this shit instead. And it's just fucking great. Oh, it's only 12 episodes long, but man, 
what a first season and I read the manga for that as well and I know where it's going and the first season is like not even the half of it it is absolutely stupendously good um Demon Slayer the second season season of that's technically the third season so Demon Slayer is sort of split into arcs and that's how they do their seasons I know I know that's how like a lot of seasons tend to work but they like name their seasons after the arcs. So you've got the first arc, you've got the Mugen Train arc, which was a movie, and then they made a season of the movie. Um, and now you've got this season, which is the Entertainment District arc, where the characters get taken to an entertainment district in Japan. It's sort of like the 17, 1800s. Um, so like prostitution is rife, uh, the geishas uh, are there. Um, it, there's you've got the poverty, you've got the rich sort of benefiting off of that, and you've got these demons within, within it, and they have to explore this this district while looking for this demon and also trying to navigate the district itself. It's great, really well written, really well everything, great fight scenes, really cool. Oh, Spy Family. <laughs> there's so many out Okay. Why are you letting me do this? Spy, Spy Family. family. Cutest anime of the, of the season is about a young girl called Anya who gets adopted by um, a spy. Uh, he's His name is Lloyd Forger. Well, it's not his actual name. His actual name's Agent Twilight. But um, he's under the alias of Lloyd Forger. It takes place in a fictional version of Berlin, and they're trying to stop the East and mm, West. I've been there. You have been there. It's called Berlin in this, but it's basically oh, Berlin. You know. It wasn't when I went there. No, no. In the anime, it's called Berlin's, but that's it's, that's just to sort of change the name so it's like a but, fictional place. But it's very but much that's is, just what that's just what they like to do over there. Yeah, yeah. It, but it very much is like a fictional version of Berlin, and they're trying to stop the East and West from breaking out into a war. Um. So Lloyd has to. In- okay. What? What is this in the Cold War then? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um. So Lloyd is having to infiltrate this school where one of the heads of the school is, or someone who's quite important on the board of the school, is going to, he's got some information about the war that's going to, would stop the war, basically. And in order to do that, he has to have a kid in the school so he can get gets the kid to succeed so that he can attend this conference, which the this guy will be at, and it will let him get close to this guy, basically. So he adopts this young girl called Anya, who is a psychic, and he doesn't know he doesn't know that, uh, but she knows that he's a spy because she can read of his mind. And in order to make the happy family, like nuclear family, work, they also have to get a wife. So he ado- he not adopts, but he like gets married to this to this woman who is a hired killer. Uh, right. But she is also having to hide that from him. So he does. She doesn't know he's a spy. He doesn't know she she's a hired killer. Little Anya, the psychic, knows the same knows about both of them, but also just wants to be part of this family because she's an orphan. And so it's this very sweet, very wholesome, very, very funny uh, anime about these different personalities trying to make this work while also you have this school-like life going on and they're trying to make their own individual missions work out. It's, it's fucking great. It's very funny. It's got an incredible dub. Highly recommend it. Um, also on the funny sort of like wholesome side, Kaguya-sama, ultra romantic. Kaguya-sama, Love is War is my favorite is one of my top five anime of all time is set in a school with these two geniuses that fancy each other, but believe that if either of them admits to fancying the other one first, then they'll be the loser in the game of love. I see. Yeah. They'll be the ones who'll be like, 
oh, I've given up my power in this situation. And so the other person will be more like have the upper hand in the relationship. And so both of them are trying to make the other person confess. And Ultra Romantic is the third season of that. It's it's almost a culmination of the... I mean, there's still more to come, but Ultra Romantic is like almost the culmination of the entire arc up to this point, where you just see these characters genuinely develop over the course of it. It's not like the episode ends and they reset and they go back to square one at the start of the next episode to try again another day. Both of them and all the other characters in it as well, develop over the course of the first season, the second season, and this season, until like you really just see how they've how they've reached their culmination at the end of this season. It's 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 really nice. And it came to me at a point where you know when I was really anxious in September, that's when I binge watched all of the all of Kaguya Sama and read all of the manga and it's it was really it really helped me. It's really nice. It's incredibly okay. incredibly funny anime. Like maybe one of the funniest funniest animes I've ever seen. It's it's very very good, especially in the dub is in, is incredible. <sighs> right, we're on your, on the anime we're, mountain. We're, we're, we're almost there. The peak. Nearing the peak. The penultimate one. Gundam. Mobile Suit Gundam: Witch of Mercury. I love Gundam. Um, this only recently started getting a dub, so we watched all of it subbed. Uh, this is a spin-off series, so it's it's a whole new universe. But it still takes the Gundam themes of like this socialist fighting back against uh, corrupt, um, corrupt government, but also sort of corrupt capitalist society. So it's very much a, an anti-capitalist message uh, show, um, which also happens to feature cool robots fighting each other. Um, which this this show does more maybe better than some of the other Gundams have done, especially because they have like a core feature of it, which is the robot like the, the Gundam jewels or the, the mobile suit jewels. It's set in a it's set in a space high school where the way that you get yeah. what you want is through doing jewels with the suits. Um, I see. That's, that's sort of how it starts off, but then in the background, there's this political manipulation going on, and like kids being used to in order, in order to bolster um, like their family's strength, and then that sort of takes over the show eventually, where you're you're basically just focusing on this puppet play in the background rather than what's going wrong, what's going on in the actual high school itself. Very cool. Some of the best Gundam fights to ever feature in a Gundam show, and a genuine. Uh, lesbian romantic relationship at the center okay. of it. So that's that's really nice to see. Like really great. They don't they don't really hold back on that. These characters are clearly into each other, and that's really just really cool. And then finally, my favorite anime of the last year, only in subbed right now. Bocce the Rock is about an anxious young girl named Bocce who dreams of being a rock star. Um, she is so anxious that she cannot speak to other people. She she that's going to be a challenge, then, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. She cannot interact with them, and she constantly wishes that she was dead. Uh, she like she describes herself as a bug on more more than one occasion. She is embarrassed by everything she does, and yet she meets these friends that encourage her to slowly come out of her shell. And she never really like she never stops being this anxious person, but she does develop over the course of the show in very very funny ways. And she goes from someone who can't perform on stage without having a full-on Metal Gear Solid box over her. So she's like okay. playing under this box um, to eventually being able to perform on stage like genuinely while still being afraid. It's incredibly heartwarming. It's very, very funny and has some of the, just the best good girls in a show 
uh, ever. Uh, Bostrock is is incredible. Great music as well. They recorded an album, so they got a band together to record an album for this series, and that album like made the top of the Billboard chart in Japan. It's it's genuinely a really good album, even if you've not watched no. the series. Uh, I recommend it. Um, yeah, Bocce the Rock, really great. Only available in sub, 12 episodes long, but it's it's incredible. So if you ever fancy a funny anime, watch that. But if you want something that's dubbed, go for Kaguya-sama or Spy Family. <sighs> that's my anime rundown for 2022. Mm. Uh, you could just but watch you my watched, YouTube you video. You watched a lot of anime. I did, and I'm, go- I'm watching even more this year. You, you'll watch more. I you will watch stop. more. It doesn't stop, Scott. And Even if I got a high court injunction, you wouldn't stop. Exactly. You, it would be it would be very difficult to get me to stop watching anime at this point. Um, I didn't include One Piece on there only because, it, I mean, I was watching it for the entire year and I'm not even, Dub hasn't even caught up to the most recent stuff yet. So I don't think it really counts at this point as being from last year. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, you, you're going to have to talk for a bit now. Uh, tell okay. me about a couple of your favourite games or favourite things from last year. It doesn't have to just be games, it could be anything. Oh my god! I I was mostly games. To be fair, films, right? I didn't see most of the like the critical darlings of last no, year. Me- Everything, everywhere, all at once was really good. Yep. And I love I love that movie. Um, but I didn't see Banshees of Inisherin. I didn't see Meet the what's their name? Fuckers. <laughs> no. Um, the Magnificent Andersons. No. The Jetsons. I didn't see the Jetsons. <laughs> oh no, um, I, I know what you're on about. Actually. What, what's uh, the Steven Spielberg film? The Fablemans. The Fablemans. Yeah. All right. I didn't meet. I didn't see the Flintstones. Um, I didn't <laughs> see. Um, <laughs> um, and what was the other one? But it was Banshees of Inisherin. What is um, that about, by the way? Banshees of Inisherin. Well, I know you've not about, seen it, but what's the premise of that? About the Irish. Oh. I think it's about <laughs> um, um, yeah. As far as I know. Um, and what was the other like critical darling this year? I don't know. I don't. I've not seen other than everything everywhere all at once. I've not seen oh, all of them. Um, I haven't seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, I've not. That's at, fine. At, at least not the current. I've seen the other two versions of it. I've not yeah. seen the current version. Um, and there was, was there like one more. Crit- I I know it's we're doing our top twenty twenty three by me talking about stuff I've not seen. <laughs> um. Oh, I didn't watch The Way all over. Yeah. I did I did watch Elvis. Elvis was alright. But my I, nan loved Elvis. I and now watch she's Elvis. gone. Well, my nan liked it. Oh good. Good. Um she was she was an original Elvis fan. She was the right age. She was a teenager when oh, Elvis wow. was got big. So she was one of the original Elvis. So this girls. must be it must have been really interesting for her to watch. Yeah. In like that. Because that she, she loved That's Elvis, yeah. Fascinating. Um, I found out recently that Elvis it maybe maybe they cover it in the film, I don't know. Uh, went to war? Well, he didn't go to... He joined the army yeah. and he was stationed in West Berlin for, like, West Germany um, for, like, um, a tie for, like, a couple of years. Yeah. He didn't go to, he didn't go to war. Oh, okay. he, was, um, he was in the army, though, for a bit, yes. Oh, fascinating. Uh, at the request of um, his manager, because um, uh, it would, he thought it would rehabilitate Jervis's image. He was, oh, wow. he was to stop being so dangerous. Although a good ending for Elvis because um, 
it start, it ends with because Tom Parker, you know Elvis's manager Tom Parker. That's yeah. so like the whole the whole film is his relationship with Tom Parker, and Tom Parker Parker wants to like basically get all the money out of Elvis for all it's worth, and it ends with Tom Hanks as Tom Parker. He's doing like a narration. And he's like, "Oh no, I didn't kill Elvis. You know, I wasn't responsible." And then it fades to black, and that. Like there's a, like a text box saying Tom Parker did kill Elvis <laughs> or, or, or something to that effect. <laughs> um, uh, very good ending. Um, everything everywhere all at once was good. Also, shout out. Uh, no, actually, we done movie reviews. That's fine. Um, no, we're gonna do shout out for uh, Mathrigan. I saw Megan Mathrigan. Was that a oh, this yeah. year movie? That was. I think that was towards the end of last year. Mathrigan. Um, definitely, yeah, 2022. Definitely an A production from Bloomhouse. Uh, it's not scary, but it was very entertaining. Okay. I'm I'm excited for where this franchise goes. Yeah, people uh, seem they, really excited about it. Because they already had one robot fight another robot in Mephrigan 1. And so Mephrigan 2 and Mephrigan 3 <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Because apparently they have commissioned 2 and 3. So we're, I'm excited. I'm on board to see where a franchise goes. All right, let's talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. This is I played on that both as well. Artists. Kirby, dare I say, this was it is a different game, but for me, this felt like another like Mario 3D world. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 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 full of imagination. It's constantly doing new things across the levels. Like Infinite no one variety. level feels the same. Did not expect a boss rush to end that game. No, um, no, and a hard some, one as well. Some good boss battles, yeah. Yeah, um, they they have it, like a Devil May Cry com- like lights combat yeah. system. Yeah, like you, can, you can do combos in that game. Yeah, there, there's an extensive series of combos, and just like Devil May Cry, it's more efficient just to button mash. But, um, <laughs> it really is. That's fine. That's it definitely fine. is. It's not as fun or flashy, but it is way more efficient just to keep hitting shit than it is to do like juggling or whatever. Um, it looks stunning. Yeah, like, it's it a game brilliant. that the one of running the best on the Switch, Switch games, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, this is the sort of thing that the Switch can put out. Like this, the, this is the good looking stuff that the Switch is capable of if you know how to use it. It's, Actually, it's I, I played the, I played the hell out of that game, and I yeah. loved every minute of it. Uh, in such imagination, such variety, the collectibles are fun to collect. Uh, all none of the gimmicks outstay their welcome. No, they don't. It's it's. It's a game where I wasn't content being done with it until I'd upgraded all the weapons. Uh, it, it never stops uh, being novel what you can uh, do mouthful mode on and yes. turn into. That is always good. I, I mean, even later on when you like there's there was a repeat like repeat mouthful mode stuff, like you'd use the stairs again. It was still fun to do it. Mm-hmm. I think because they're such bite sized excuse me uh, bite sized sections. <laughs> <laughs> that was unintentional, but it's good. We have fun here. We have fun here. Um, but bite size sections where you're doing this mouthful mode, like when you come to do the same thing again, you've only done it for like a couple of minutes previously. That it doesn't matter so much. It's it's good. Yeah, what a good game. Great game. All right, give me one of yours. So that's number nine on mine. Let's go back to number ten because I've actually got the video, my video games top ten video games listed in order. My number ten is God of War Ragnarok: The Side Quests. Okay. Specifically the okay. side quests. Because you, 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 you have a PlayStation. You like God I of War. I do. Tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I have a PlayStation 5. I like games on it. I've grown tired of 
the Sony first party story focused. I, I remember you you had a, we had a whole episode about we it. We did. Yeah, and I've grown a bit tired of that. But so so God of War is a game of two halves. Half of it is very much that story focused walk through the linear levels, do the big boss battles like it's very uh, scripted, very like very well made, very expensive, but sort of a bit unimaginative. Mm. But there are also the others, the other half. When you when you've played through a a world like on the linear path, it then lets you go explore it. And some of these some of these lands are fairly expansive. Like there's, there's a decent amount of stuff to explore, and there's a lot of side quests as well, which I was a bit surprised by. And these side quests are really well written, are more entertaining than the main quest, and just lets you go and sort of approach them at your own pace which the main quest doesn't let you do. The main quest is always like, you have to do things at this time, and it hits you this beat, and this happens. Whereas a side quest has a bit more openness, a bit more variety. You could tackle it in any order. And I really loved exploring that world, putting the God of War like gameplay mechanics to combat and things to use, and just doing these side quests. So when I was doing that, I was having, I, I loved it. I thought this, this, mm. this game is absolutely brilliant. And then... It took me back to the main story, and I was like, oh, this is fucking boring. This is so boring. I do not give a shit about any of the story. The characters are annoying. It's, it's it, I, I can see everything that's happening. Like, I know what's going to happen. I know, like, who's going to do what. And there's so many beats where it's like, look at how emotional this is. Are you not feeling emotional? I'm like, no, I don't no. care. There's some Marvel dialogue. There's a bit we you base. know? Do you know how much money we put into this sequel? Well, exactly, yeah. Emotion? And it's perfectly well acted, but I just and it's it's fairly well written, like the main story as well. But God, I just didn't care. Like there's certainly like bits where you could just feel the marvelification of it. Like when you play as Atreus, and like you just like make like the characters are making jokes, and the jokes are clearly for the audience rather than because they're having a normal conversation. I'm just thinking people don't talk like this. This is this is fucking weird. And then I get to go out to the side quests again, and I'm like, oh, this world is amazing. This is so much fun. I get to go smash all this stuff. I get to go into tough battles and things. And some of the side quests are, more, are just generally more... There's, there's one side quest. We have to free this giant space jellyfish from underground. And then you free it, and it shoots off into the sky and starts circling around the stars, and you can just see it like shoot off. And it's honestly one of the most beautiful moments in a game that I've seen, and it's an optional side quest in this game. And oh, I just... God of War Ragnarok is... The side quests is incredible, and definitely uh, one of the top ten games of last year. God of War Ragnarok, the single-player game, almost made me stop playing. Okay. It's 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 like Horizon Forbidden, Forbidden West, which is boring on both fronts. Um, but thankfully, the side quests in this game were actually good. We've done Kirby. That was my number nine. So we'll go back to do one of yours. Well, let's do another one on both our lists. Uh, Splatoon okay. 3. That's my number one, Scott. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry, Cal. My you number one game that. of the year is Splatoon 3. I didn't realise you'd done, you'd done it in order. There's numbers next to them all. Yeah, it could have just been any list. <laughs> I just said they're in order. Do you want to save it for later, then? No, it's fine. We've started it now. Tell me about you your sure? thoughts on Splatoon 3. Uh, I haven't been properly into a multiplayer game for a while, and I was really into Splatoon 3. Again, given that I played it for like 65 hours, I need to check out the DLC. Me really, too. Don't I? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I played, I played that it... first season 
for 120 hours and I've not actually gone back to it since that season ended. Mm. I sort of feel like I, I did everything I needed to in that game. But I also it's also the sort more. of thing that I can feel like I can dip back into whenever now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I was good at it. You we were. It's competitive. I, yeah. I asked you to play it with me, which basically never, never happens. happens. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's a mark of approval for me. Yeah, big time. Not, I mean, playing more than 10 hours is a mark of approval for you. Yeah, but also really Also asking is. me, like, oh, do you want to play some Splatoon tonight? Yeah. Like a few times a week. Um, It was, yeah, yeah that was that was really great. But also, it's just all around a great package. Yeah, it's quite similar to Splatoon 2. But it's it's bigger. Well, I didn't I didn't fucking play Splatoon. You, you didn't, did I? So, you didn't. but it, but it's what, bigger. <laughs> I enjoyed Splatoon three more than I did enjoy Splatoon two, and I played like sixty hours of Splatoon two in the course of a, of a, like six months, and I played one hundred and twenty hours in the, of Splatoon three in the course of a month. So, take <laughs> take that for what you will. <laughs> Granted, I was very depressed when that game came out. That mm. came out at the same time as Kaguya Sama when I was in my anxious moment. And really helped me out quite a bit there. It gave me a lot of focus. Um, so maybe that's part of why I enjoy Splatoon 3 so much. But also it's just so well made. Again, looks gorgeous. Runs amazingly. Incredible soundtrack. And just so much fun all the time. Like It never stops being fun, I don't think. I never found that game frustrating either. Apart from maybe in um, the... Ranked? Sometimes. No, ranked I don't... Oh, actually, later on in ranked it gets a bit frustrating at times. I'm thinking more about the maybe quiz that's code. because we're just not good at. Uh, what's good the? Enough, yes, I'm quite. I'm on S plus rank. Thank you very much. Uh, what's the job mode? Yeah. Um, what's it called salmon rush? Salmon rush. Oh. Yeah, I find that frustrating. Mm. I never got. I wanted to get high on that, but I never did because you never did. You can actually lose rank because really easily. It, it gave you just bad teammates. That's the problem. Yeah, that's it. That's the problem. Bad teammates. Um. Vampire Survivors on your list as well. Oh yeah, your friend and mine. Uh, yeah, great. Get, I mean, um, it's so rare to get like um, uh, an experience a Vampire Survivor, a, a game like this, but just wants to please you, just wants to give you good feelings. So, no, did you know that the person who made it used to work on gambling machines? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, which makes sense because it definitely has all of those trigger points, dopamine hits, like mm. built into it. Like when you get a chest open, you're like, "Is it yeah. going to be a special one?" And then it shoots out three treasure things at once. It's got the music and flashing lights, and sometimes it only chucks one, and it just makes you want to keep playing. But they've used their powers for good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've made it very cheap. Uh, they they could have charged more for it, and then they made the, the mobile kills. version's free. You know, the mobile version's free. The game on, on on its own costs like three pounds or two pounds mm. fifty. The DLC costs one pounds fifty. Um, it's incredibly cheap, and it's one of my most played games of last year. For those who don't know about Vampire Survivors, mm. it's a top-down survival game where you play as a little guy, and the only thing you can do is run around. Um, it, your guy does attack, and you can upgrade his abilities and things. And there's multiple loads of different that, characters you can play. The only input you have is the direction you move. Yes, but uh, yeah, all of the attacks are just automatic, and I don't even think your direction usually matters on like the attacks much. Most of the attacks just sort of happen in the same place, regardless, or they're like, or they automatically target enemies and things. And your goal, as the title may suggest, is to survive. Uh, there's no vampires in the game, which is very funny. Uh, that's put, that's like one of the jokes is there are actually no vampires in this game. Um, but 
you have to just survive and each level has things to unlock things to discover and discovering certain things and unlocks other levels and unlocks different characters and stuff unlocks boss battles and it's very easy very sort of low pressure but also the most pressure yeah a lot of pressure i would say i don't i get i get into a, a sort of like a zen state with it Mm. Uh, where I'm just sort of like there are definitely moments where I've, I can beef my character up now quite effectively where they're basically invincible and then I just need to wander the, the lands just trying to find the things that I want to find while while thousands of enemies die in my wake and that's very satisfying what's um what's your favourite weapon in that game? Uh, I like the I like the garlic the garlic, the garlic. is the best Garlic is stuck. A little shield around you that protects you from anyone coming close to you. you just and you just walk through everyone. Mm. Incredible. What not the highest damage. It's not the highest damage, but it's um, it's good. Uh, the Bible is good. Well, yeah, not, I think the, the, the garlic power, is not the, not the book itself. I think part of the garlic that is makes it so satisfying is because you do have control over the damage it does because you have yeah. to move into enemies for it. That's like the only. It is automatic. Mm. But it's almost the only weapon that isn't automatic because you're in full control of it. So maybe that's part of the satisfaction. I've seen a lot of these games come out. Like they, they I don't know what the term for this type of game is. And I've, I've tried a couple of them, but nothing hits the spot like Vampire Survivors. It's almost like he released this and just got it perfect first time. Um, I, I'm very interested in seeing if they try and reiterate on this or just does something new in the future. I, I don't know, but it's um, it's very good. As is Nintendo Switch Sports. Specifically, I'm doing another thing like God of War, volleyball. Volleyball, Nintendo Switch Sports, playing online, fucking great. Me and my partner have played it for like 20 hours. It's just me and her against other people online. You play doubles, you're hitting the volleyball, you're working together, you're blocking the volleyball. It's like an episode of Haikyuu, but in game form, and it's fucking great. There's nothing else to say about it. It looks great, it plays great, you unlock different costumes for your character, it's volleyball. It's the best. It should have been in Wii Sports from the start. Um, it's worth the admission price alone. Switch Sports is like £60 game. I've not touched any other sports. I've only touched sport- volleyball. It's great. <laughs> what more do you want from me? It's got golf, whatever. It's got bowling, whatever. It's, it's actually got a Battle Royale bowling where if you get the lowest score, you get knocked out, um, which is quite Go cool. On. I've played a little bit of that. But volleyball, that's where it's at. Get Switch Sports, get volleyball. Please get volleyball. No one's playing online anymore. It takes <laughs> like 10 minutes to find a game. Yeah, okay. I'm locked out of this game that I love playing because <laughs> no one's <laughs> playing it. It was just sad. I could play against the computers, but that's not the same. Mm. It's not the same as coming online and getting enemies with the people I'm playing. And like yeah. because it's doubles, I work out who the weak link is and then I can serve to the weak link. And oh, it's so much fun. It's so good. They've added like new moves to it as well, so you can like skirt around the, the uh, the the, what do they call it, arena? What's it? What's it called? Court? What do you mean? Probably the court. A lane. For a volleyball. Lane. Oh, that. Uh, oh, court. Yes. Court. So I thought okay. you were talking about bowling. No, no. They've brought in new moves. So you can skirt around the court and things. It's fucking great. Switch sports, really great. Uh, Norco also really great. Norco is like a point and click adventure game not a sort of thing i go for but it's it's like it's set in norco which is near new orleans um you play a woman whose brother has gone missing uh whose mother has died her brother's gone missing and she comes to norco to try and 
find out one how her mum died and two where her brother's gone and un- starts unraveling like a cult that goes on in the background like a techno futurist cult um it's very cool it's very mysterious incredible soundtrack it was my christmas game and i do a thing with christmas where i need a game that's going to like change my life as that's what's happened over the past like 5 years every christmas i've played a game that has really like shaped my taste <coughs> my tasting games and I was really worried this wasn't going to do it but it really did it's really really great uh I don't usually like point and click adventures I really like Norco I don't want to say anything else about it because it would spoil the experience but Scott Norco is a, is a game that you would like Norco Norco it's on Xbox Game Pass okay Norco. really recommend it it's like three Norco. or four hours long it's not very long it's <laughs> great right. look up a trailer after this Scott you'll, you'll really like it uh what's your next game uh it is Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course. Oh, DLC. what a game. What a game. And we played... I wouldn't have played it if you hadn't sat me down. I forced you to play it. Play that it. got me back into Cuphead in a big way. I then mm. replayed the entire yeah, game. You made your partner play it. She loved it as well. She was but great. Made is a strong word. Yeah, yeah. Made <laughs> is a strong word. She had a really good time with it. Tell me about The Delicious Last Course. I'll let you talk for Oh, me. it has some really great bosses. Uh, I liked the one where the screen turned upside down. Yeah, um, I, hate I mean, that I one. think I think the gameplay was probably the most refined the series has been. Yeah, uh, I, I I really they, every boss was a winner, a big hit. I don't think it was apart from the bullshit section where the special one where you have to jump on the thing. But but in, everyone, including the secret boss, was some great stop motion. Yeah, uh, well, everything every boss was a hit. Not a single one that's not memorable about that one. Yeah, there's no bosses so, in there where I'm like, oh, I really don't ever want to do that again. Mm. Yeah, I'd play it again if we were together. I Not have, on my I own. played it again on my own. I'm, I'm really scared. Great. I'm scared. But, You're scared. Uh, I, but, but, uh, Scott, but I, I need I need you with me. What if I told you it's it's easier on your own because the bosses die? Is it? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, the bosses have like half the health when you play on your own. Interesting. So I don't know. Worth, right. worth considering. I um. I I got through the main game of Cuphead. So after you left, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but um, I went back to play the original Cuphead because I was still like in the mood and in the zone for it. Mm. And I ended up getting through the entire game in two hours. Okay. Because but you're good at games. I am good at games, and I'm also apparently good at Cuphead. So, yeah, that was... that's. That. Did you do that as soon as I left? No, it wasn't like you went out the door. That, I because like, I left on like a Monday morning. You had to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, but no. Later that week, I played Cuphead again and okay. played for it about two hours in the evening. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, it makes me sad there won't be another one because they take like five years to develop. Yeah, because they don't want to crunch their stuff. Yeah, which is good. good. Yeah, good. good. Good studio by the sounds of it. Good game. Good studio. Uh, Tunic. Is a is a Zelda like yeah. uh, indie Zelda like it's been on my most anticipated games for the past four years. And it I finally men- came out. I've mentioned it on the podcast like three times, three years running, uh, but it finally came out last year. It was absolutely worth the wait. It's a gorgeous game. It's an incredible Zelda like. It's it's one of these games. Actually, let me get up what I, what, what I wrote about it for the video that I never ended up um, making. Where is that? Games of the year mm. here we are here we are what did I write about 
I should have just used this from the start. Perhaps my most anticipated game in recent memory, Tunic has been on my can't wait to play this year list for years now, yet ended up being something completely different to what I was expecting in a good way. I was always looking forward to a beautiful Zelda-like, but Tunic diverts from the Zelda formula in meaningful ways, incorporates aspects of Souls games to make the combat difficult and engaging, forcing you to hold back and learn enemy patterns before rolling and attacking. It also moves away from the individual dungeon format of recent Zeldas and makes the whole world a puzzle box, forcing you to make mental and sometimes physical notes in order to traverse its stunning environments, made all the more beautiful by its soothing soundtrack. Tunic is maybe the smartest game I've played since Fez, constantly subverting player expectation and surprising you with secrets and surprises that will simultaneously make you feel like a genius and the dumbest person alive. But Tunic's best secret is its game manual. Shortly into the game, you start picking up pieces of paper that form together to create what looks like a retro games manual. You do not get pieces linearly, and it's the nature of this slowly discovering how the manual and the world slots together that makes the world the game so engaging. Eventually you start seeing that someone else has written on the manual. Could someone have come before? What does it mean? I'm not going to spoil anything because it's discovering Tunic's secret took my breath away on more than one occasion. Tunic is a truly magical experience from start to finish. Just make sure you approach it with patience and a willingness to be stumped. Tunic was absolutely worth the wait. Why didn't I do that for all the other ones, Scott? Because well, I don't I, know. I've got something written for all of these. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tunic's really great. Really love it. Big fan. Um, Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, is yeah. a game that we... Arceus? Arceus? Whatever. I liked as well. We talked a lot of shit about that game in the lead up to its release. <laughs> we talked... I especially talked so much crap about it. I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. This is going to be absolute dog shit. It looks like crap. And it was like maybe one of the most memorable Pokemon experiences of, of recent years. Um, yeah, it had its problems, as did Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which when I wrote this list, I hadn't finished. So it's not included. But the actual... It's like, it's the focus of Gotta Catch Em All, that becomes the focus of this game rather than the Pokemon battling, where you go out into these different environments and you just sort of like traverse them, chucking Pokeballs as you want and just sort of seeing Pokemon in their natural historic habitat. I know they're not real, but like the imaginary natural <laughs> habitat that they, that they would have. Um, it's addicting. It's like th that whole aspect of chucking balls at Pokemon and catching them that quickly without needing to go into a battle and then catch them from there, weaken them and whatnot, is so addicting and just a really great mechanic that completely makes the game. I think the lands are, fu are fun to explore. I think this historic world is like interesting for Pokemon. It's not really been seen before. But it's that catching mechanic that alone basically makes this game what it is. Uh, really, really great. Uh, loved it. Did you ever finish it? I didn't finish it, but it was good while it lasted. That's, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Give me your other one, because I've got... I think uh, I've got two more here, which we've not... Elden Ring. I know it's the IGN Gamer's Choice, but it is really good. It's a I lot of people's de choice. Uh, definitely the most accessible Soulsborne game, um, because here's the thing about Elden Ring. It's an open world. And the thing is, Dark Souls, love Dark Souls, but Dark Souls is all intense all the time. You're yeah. moving from one combat to another. There's no respite. Elden Ring, you get a bit of combat. You do a dungeon. You get to have a have a walk. You get to take your mind <laughs> off things. Uh, it's true, but it does really keep you back for more. I I would recommend as an entry point to the series, Elden Ring. Um, so many good quality of life features. I really want to stunning play. big world yeah i would recommend that my issue is 
I feel like this way with every Soulsborne game, in that I'll play it for like 10 hours or 15 hours, and then I'll reach a point where I just bounce off of it, and I'm worried that will happen with Elden Ring as well, and I'll waste my money again. Hmm. It'll be on sale soon, eventually. I imagine it's going to come on Game Pass. They've announced a, an expansion for it, and I'm willing to bet that when that expansion comes out, the base game is going okay. to be on Game Pass. Okay. That's what the I games, think. I, I would really recommend it. I've I found it... As I have bounced off other from games, um, I would recommend uh, Elden Ring. I think it, because you you can if you're something's not if you're beating your head against something, you can go and do something else. Sort of like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's very. I think the the interplay between those two games is quite interesting. Uh, there are things that you you lose a bit from the Dark Souls formula, but there is a lot that you gain as well. It's in the exploration. Great. Yeah, but sounds, love, sounds love really it, good. Me. I, I'm still only halfway through it. It's very long. You also bought it twice, didn't you? I did because I bought it on Xbox as well. So <laughs> that'll be a lesson just you've like, got in future. Just, buy everything on the Microsoft Store because it's got crossplay. Just like with the Wii U, I bought it twice. <laughs> you <laughs> did. You, I forgot you bought two Wii U's <laughs> because you broke the other one. I'm broke. All right. Or it's just the cable. Okay. Wait, wasn't it? Wasn't it like the? It, it was the HDMI port was broken. Yeah. Oh, that's just that's so you. Um, All right, that's ten years ago. It ten was. Years ago, that's I was crazy. buying a second Wii U. Fortnite Zero Build. That's my yeah. that's my number three. All right. Um, it's Fortnite, but it takes out all the bullshit building. You know, like you'd be coming against some people and they just chuck up a skyscraper in front of you as soon as you took a shot yeah. at them. Not a thing anymore. Imagine if you could play like a battle royale. Like Fortnite, this sort of arcadey fun shooter, which is put sort of fun first and foremost, but you didn't have to worry about all the bullshit. That's what it does. It just makes Fortnite even better. So they introduced Zero Build last year, last year, and it's brilliant. Uh, me and my partner still play it most days. It's still our duos game that we play together. Um, she's got 850 hours played on it. When I met her, she did not play video games. And now she has mm. almost 900 hours in Fortnite, which is insane. Um, also, they introduced Unreal Engine you, 5 towards the end you of the date, year. You date women and you get them into video games, and sometimes Not, you marry I, them. I can't. Sometimes I marry them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she was already into video games, apparently. That one. Um, <laughs> uh, they introduced Unreal Engine 5, so it's the first game to properly use that, and it looks absolutely gorgeous now. I was surprised that one of the best-looking games of last year would be Fortnite. Like, in a year where God of War mm. and Horizon came out, Fortnite ended up almost being just the best-looking thing there. Uh, it's it's really great. It's better than ever. Continues to go from strength to strength. I'm probably going to still be playing this for years to come. It's probably going to be on my top 10 list next year if it carries on at this rate. Fortnite is just so good all the time. I love it. And I don't care who knows it. I don't care, Scott. Okay. And then my number two game, because we've already done number one, is Oli Oli World, a side-scrolling skateboarding platformer. Uh, we have to get through all these different levels while you skateboard and do tricks and things. There's loads of challenges. It's fucking hard, but it's so great. It was all, it was my number one game from when it released in February up to when Splatoon 3 released. And it, it is a very, very close number two. It's got an incredible aesthetic. It looks like Adventure Time, but like in video game form. Uh, it's got an incredible soundtrack. It's just so, so much fun. It is to skateboarding games what Super Mario World is to platformers. Um, 
I love it. There's not much more to say about it other than it's a really great skateboarding platformer and more people should play it because it's brilliant. Brilliant. That's the end of the lists. Oh my what God. A podcast. 2022, oh it was a proper year, wasn't it? It sure was. There were a lot of good stuff out in 2022 and 2023 is looking even better. And we'll be there along the way to tell you all of our favourite things. Yeah. We're back, baby. As they release. Nerd and old geek, baby. Nerd and old geek, and, now and, with more old games, because that's all and, I'm playing right now. <laughs> we'll be able to tell you which old games are good. <laughs> which old games are still good. Um, yeah, so we're we're now back. We're going to be doing more of these. Uh, schedule might be a little bit up in the air still, especially coming into May. Um, but For undisclosed for reasons. For undisclosed reasons. But, uh, yeah, I mean, subscribe to it. Subscribe to the podcast. You like hearing a couple of pals talking to each other in a structured way, don't you? Why not? Why not? Why don't you? I do. Yeah. You do. You do. You want to subscribe to the podcast. So if you're on Spotify, hit subscribe and give us five stars. If you don't want to give us five stars, don't give us anything. Yeah. That's how, that's how it works. What, um, but if you do like you? us and would like us to be heard by more people, especially because I've got another bloody podcast coming out, I really, I've put a lot of work into... Um, please give us uh, five stars on here, on iTunes, five stars, leave us a review. Just, you know, make us feel good. Do you like feeling good, Scott? I love to feel good. Uh, do you like let's making other people good. feel good? Let, yeah, let's feel good all year. Yeah, let's feel good and make other people feel good. It's a deal. Five stars. All right. Love I'm you. Get begging at this bye. point. Bye. Wait, don't say bye yet, Scott. Oh. What? Where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you? Oh, um, Scott VAH on Instagram is probably the best one. Cool. That's it. <laughs> that, 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 that's basically it. That's basically I, it. Find I'm, me on, I'm, find me on I'm undertaking a new task on Twitter, which I've tried to quit Twitter, and I do get dragged back in. I think I'm just following so many accounts I hate that Twitter's becoming unusable. Unfollow them? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, Twitter's becoming unusable for a lot of people. True. Just in general. So yeah. for as long as Twitter is still around, I'll be on there at CalDouty, C-A-L-D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. And listen out for my new podcast, The Untitled Games Project, releasing soon, trademark. In the future. Uh, I'm not going to put a specific date on it yet until I've started the editing process. Goodbye. Right. Bye. See you soon.